on to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about can you get the bank to change their LVR? So let's say they've applied an LVR to a property that you're purchasing of 70% or 65%. Can you get them to change it? Now, I want to give you an example of this because Jamie, who is a listener of the show, has messaged in and God, Jamie's done some amazing things over the last year, and I just want to give him a, a shout-out and a pat on the back for this. And one specific one that I'm looking at is five units up in Whangarei. One of those units is three bedrooms, four are one bedrooms. Now, we purchased this, this block of five, for $785,000, and which he then did a 150K reno. So all up, that was 935K that he spent on this. Now... What is it worth after that reno? He's got it revalued and it's now valued at $1.6 million. So significant amount of equity created there, a total of 665K gain. Now that sounds like a lot of money and it is a lot of money or a lot of equity that's been created there. But the issue is that Jamie's had to put a lot of equity in this because ANZ were willing to fund this renovation, but only at 50% LVR, which meant that Jamie had to go and get some equity from elsewhere. And look, Jamie, we'll probably get you on the show if that's cool in order to talk through this, because it sounds like you've done some amazing stuff over the last year, which we want to share with the community and hear about as well. But because he was only able to borrow at 50%, that meant that rather than putting in a 20% deposit, he had to put in almost 400k of equity plus the additional 150k of reno costs. So it would be a total of just shy of 450k invested in the project to then make that 665k worth of gain. Now that's still worth doing if you're able to do that and and are so inclined and I mean good work mate that's amazing stuff but I just don't want people to get too excited and think that everybody can do this because there is significant equity and time invested in being able to do this. Yeah and so I guess the first question that I've got for Jamie is whether or not the LVR restriction was put in place because of the type of building i.e. multiple units on one title which is quite common so if a bank has say four units on one title then the risk is actually that in the event of them having to sell it's got a far more limited market than one house on one title. So it may well be that, although 50% does seem relatively low. So there's probably a margin there because of the fact that there needed to be work done. Now, if the work that you've done to the property now brings it up to a more standard investment, the bank will probably look at that and it's just a conversation that you have with your banker or broker. Or maybe now that the repairs have been done, you can actually pick it up and move it somewhere else. Now, often what you'll find if you're looking at buying something if there's work to be done and it's all in the sale and purchase, there's some disclaimers, it's an as-is property, it's not insured for this part, the bank will read that and think, oh, there's quite a lot in this. Once you've actually done the work to the property and it's off the market, it could well be that the bank just asks for a valuation to refinance it. So I'd go back to ANZ, have that conversation first of all. It may also be that you've got too much with ANZ and so they're putting some restrictions on it. If you can pick it up and move it to somewhere else in the event that ANZ say no, and another bank will give you 65%, then do that. Or use a non-bank lender. There are specialist lenders that might look at this and say, hey, look, you pay a little bit extra, but we'll lend you 70% or maybe even 80%. If you can do that, then great, take that money and recycle it. But you've just got to weigh up whether or not that's worth doing. 
Now, the other thing I just want to walk through, because I'm sure everybody's going to be interested in the numbers on this specific one. All up, these units are renting for a total of $1,900 a week. Now, if you multiply that by 52 and look at it on an annual basis, the gross yield on the new valuation, the 1.6 million, is about 6.2% as a gross yield. Now, that's really good. And probably what we'd expect to see on a kind of multi-income basis or a multi-income property slash it's a little bit room by room rentally depending on how it's structured. So that's probably what we'd expect. Now if you're looking at what was initially invested, that 935k, that's where it jumps up to a 10.6% gross yield. There are different ways that people calculate this. I always like to base gross yields on what the current valuation is because that's really the actual equity you currently have invested in that property and that's what you want to base your yields on in my view. Now I just want to talk as well about some of the amazing things that Jamie has also been doing over the time. So he's got two two-bedroom units in Rotorua. I think it was 500k initially invested in plus a 70k reno, currently valued at 870k. He's also got some down in Rotorua, five units again, three bed plus four one beds. Initially bought for 1.3 mil plus an 80k reno, now valued at 1.55. So there are some amazing things that he's done here. And Jamie, I really appreciate some of the nice things you've said about us, but I just want to say some nice things about you and how amazing it is that you're actually going out there, making some changes, investing some money, undertaking the strategy that's working for you. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that you're improving your financial position. And I just appreciate that you're listening to the show and using it as motivation, if I can say that, in order to be able to go and do these things. And look, mate, we will get you on the show if that's cool, in order to be able to to talk about these things, because I know a lot of people will be inspired by some of the stuff you're talking about. One of the things I do want to point out is it is really important to understand how LVR can affect your lending ability. When I was doing projects which were as is properties that we were repairing, they were very equity heavy. So we needed to have the cash to do all renovations ourselves. And because the building itself had been compromised, they were pretty significant. You know, you are talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in a lot of instances. And when you have several on the go at one time, not only do you have to have a large deposit because the bank bank's not going to be able to recover their money on a normal market at 80%, so they might lend you land value only. So you need to have, you know, maybe say a couple of hundred grand deposit plus your say 200 grand of repairs so you need to have 400,000 for example per property and again you can only do that so many times unless you're Bob Jones but in those instances we always had an exit so what we would do is we'd do the repairs and I think at that stage we were using Westpac and then we would refinance to BNZ who said bring us a repaired property and we'll do it at 80% and because they would accept a new valuation we'd always move that get the extra cash dump it back into our Westpac facility This was all great until they put in the LVR restrictions and made it really hard for me. But because of that model where we were using split banking and making sure that we weren't tying up too much equity, we always had the maximum debt that we possibly could with one bank. And that just works when you are growing a portfolio. You need to be kind of spreading things out. And the other thing that's really interesting in Jamie's email, he's talking about that ANZ happily funded the specific renovation as residential where none of the other banks would. That's really unique. I was going to say that probably it would be considered commercial. At some point it probably would. And he said, at this time, I was stoked that I'd realised I'd applied 50% LVR. Now, what he was in the fortunate position to be able to do was use some of the equity he had from owning two houses for a few years in Auckland. So he was able to do that. But of course now, and we'll 
again, get him on the show to talk about this, that he's in the position where he's got some of the cash earmarked and he wants to do another what we'd consider an equity intensive project with some subdivision and some relocatable, some really active strategies. And the banks are probably unlikely to treat that as an 80% LVR and you'll need to dump the equity in. So even though, even if you refinance that 1.6 mil at 50%, that'd take it up to 800k being pulled out or totally lent against that project in Whangarei that we just talked about. Now, that would mean he'd be able to recycle out the vast majority of what he'd invested in, but may not be enough to go and undertake some more of these capital intensive projects. So totally understand why you'd look to do that in this case. Hey, look, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Now, I want to talk to you about something that we've got on the go and we're going to be launching early next year. Now, most of you know at Opus, we mainly focus at the moment on brand new properties and recommending them to people who want a more hands-off strategy. From doing this show, almost solely doing this show, there are a whole heap of people now who are out there listening to this who want to do renovations or run a more active strategy. And what we've done is we are bringing on Ilsa Wolf, who is a a listener of the show. We met her because we've done this show. And she's now going to be joining Opus. And we're going to also be offering coaching and mentoring for people who want to run active strategies, who want to run renovations-based or trading strategies. Now, Ilsa is a boss woman. She's amazing. She is quite quite fantastic. I know you're all going to love her and we'll get her on the show because she walks the talk. She's done a significant number of renovations and run a really active strategy for a time, all while holding a baby as well. And she's an amazing woman who's going to be running this. And I know you're all going to get a lot of value when you hear her on the show, but also if you choose to come on this journey and run one of these active strategies with us. Now, we currently do have a waiting list for when we launch this early next year. So what I'm going to do is drop a link for this in the show notes where you can go and pop your email address in so you can learn more when we launch that. Or just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash active and you'll be able to sign up for that there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we will be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time. <laughs>